The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. In a moment, we'll be talking to Dr. Claire Lochnan about this uh, 3D model that they've constructed of the Manus Island Detention Centre, which I believe has now actually been dismantled. Um, so this is a model that sort of... I think that what they're trying to do is to avoid it being erased to make sure that its memory lives on. And they've constructed the model using witness accounts and smuggled information. Sounds like an interesting program. Uh, the doctor is on the line. Thank you very much for being on the program. Um, thanks, Mitchell. Thanks for having me. So can you, first of all, explain what was the motivation behind this project to construct a 3D model of the Manus Island Detention Centre? Um, look, that's a great question. The idea really came up when there was an article published um, uh, where Baruz Bashani, um, who, who, if we know, was, was detained there for some time and uh, is a, a Kurdish-Iranian journalist and, and scholar now living in New Zealand. Ian Rintoul, an activist, and Nicole Judge went back to visit um, the now kind of demolished site in 2018. And what the things that they said, they were just shocked by the, this place that had been a, a place of such horror and misery and violence um, was now almost completely erased as if nothing had ever happened there. Mm. So I had this idea, not that we want to revisit or reconstruct places that um, are violence and brutality, but um, I thought it's really important to somehow keep the memory of these places because um, they are important for as part of Australia's history and to reflect on what happened there and to really have that kind of detail um, that can still um, be something in the public domain that people can engage with. So what was access like to Manus Island? I believe you had to get clearance from the government, correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to recall at the time uh, journalists and other politicians not of the government trying to go there. But also I'd imagine just to fly there would be quite difficult. I'm assuming you don't just jump on a Qantas plane and get there mm. direct from Melbourne Airport. So talk to us about that. Well, I've never been there. I'd love to go and visit, but, but I do know that people... Um, uh, what, what it was like for those visiting there. It was certainly very hard for journalists to get in. The what, one prohibiting factor was the high cost of the visa to get to Manus. Um, and it's also important to note that Manus Island is uh, hundreds of kilometres um, north of the PNG mainland. So it's a long way from PNG itself um, as, as a land mass. And uh, then getting to getting a flight, I mean, you have to get to, to Port Moresby and then on to Manus after that. And then there's a, a, a few kilometres drive from the Manus Airport, um, which is, is pretty um, basic to uh, to Lorengau, which is the town um, nearby the, the Manus Detention Centre. So very expensive flights, really high cost of visas and limits often on who could go there. So the government would often get who could who could visit, um, especially if they were concerned about people doing activist work. Uh, you haven't been there, as you say, but from what you've heard, what is it actually like on the island before you even get to the detention centre? What's the climate like and what's it like as a, a place to visit just in general? Look, as a place to visit, it, it's got... Um, it, it does have, a, I think, a bit of tourism. It's absolutely, from all accounts and from the, the, the films that I've seen of, of the island and some of the work done by artist Hoda Asha um, of the men at, at Manus Island, it's a really beautiful place. It's, it's like an island paradise. I mean, beautiful, clear crystal waters, um, uh, verdant forests. I mean, it, it's very beautiful. 
um, which is the irony of having a, a place like a, a, effectively a prison for over a thousand men on one end of the island, which is actually not even on the island proper, it's another island off that, um, is pretty awful use of, use of that place. And, and I think it's really important to note the impact of people who are Indigenous to that island. So their island is now known as this place of, of horror and imprisonment, and yet it's a, it's a really beautiful um, location, and, and people have lived really happily there for many, many years. How much documentation is there of the detention centre because you've tried to, or you have built a, a 3D model, how much of it was based on actual photos and videos and how much of it had to be filled in based on what witnesses described? Look, a lot of it, it a lot of it was catching together. We had an amazing team. I just want to mention the other people that worked with me on this, um, Una McElvana, who's from history. and Has she's been on the program before? Time. Yes, a few years yes, ago. Yep. Right, and, and Manaz Alamandanian, who's an anthropologist. Um, but we also had uh, an incredible team with um, the Faculty of Arts at the University of Melbourne. They're actually an e-learning and e-teaching team. And they brought their digital skills to this project uh, and did an incredible job um, putting in many, many hours, piecing together the model. And the way they did it was they did a lot of it through Google Earth, which is really astonishing. So so tracing, tracing the, the kind of the model from images that produced over from, from early... 2000s to the current day to see how the model evolved. They had some drawings, I think, from the access through government, but it was very scrappy and very limited. Um, the other way they did it, and this was really remarkable, they drew a lot of the images that were um, produced as part of the film Bruce Bashani produced with Arash Fabistani, uh, an, an Iranian filmmaker now living in the Netherlands. And that film that was secretly produced in um, Manus Island was really critical to get a sense of where things were located. There are two other things. One of the messenger project produced by Michael Green and Abdul Aziz Muhammad um, was really helpful in getting a sense of the sounds associated with particular parts of the, the site. We had some, some sound links on the site as well. But the last thing that was, was absolutely critical was having Baruz come and talk to the team himself and uh, he was able to work with them and direct them to where particular um, buildings were located and, and where they had assumed, for example, that Google Earth was showing the image of tents, he was able to say that they weren't tents, they're actually other forms of buildings or huts or whatever. So uh, it was a matter of piecing together all that information to produce the model. And how accessible is this model just to the general public? Is it on a website that people can go and look at or is it something you have to be uh, on a university computer to view? How does it work? Look, it's on. Um, it's hosted by a software called Amica. Uh, we're currently um, looking at how the, the, the best sort of way to host the site. Uh, if you, I'm not sure if, if people could Google Amica, O-M-E-K-A, and um, the name of the project, which is called Against Erasure, they might be able to find it. But we're also, um, we have had some very preliminary discussions with the Immigration Museum, but that's, there's no, nothing certain there in terms of whether they would host it. We're exploring a number of avenues to make it more available to the public. In the first instance, we're using it for teaching and learning in the university, but we also want to certainly make it available in the public domain. If anyone wants to reach out to me, they can find my details on uh, the University of Melbourne website and um, get in touch with me. Do you put on VR, like a headset to go through it, or is it just uh, sort of on yeah, a computer screen? We- 
it won't work on a VR. The model is quite large. You would have to watch it and it won't work on a, um, or on the, at this stage anyway, and it won't work on a mobile phone. So the model is a lot of data embedded in it and it does take a little while to load. Um, but yeah, we, we think it's nonetheless a really useful model. The team have also produced what they call a flyover where it's much easier to access where you can uh, play a short kind of video that, that takes you through the site and that's another thing people can, can access. Um, at this stage, what we're doing is, is wanting to refine and improve the site. This is the launch of the, its first iteration, I guess, and we'll be w working on ways of improving it with, with the team, the, the larger team involved in the project. And you said you haven't been to the island, so how did you feel when you first walked through it virtually when you were exploring this model? It, what was, that's a great question. You know, what was really astonishing to me um, as someone who has read and written about Manus Island and detention quite extensively um, was that I, I only had an appreciation of how the site functioned um, and the difficulties that the men faced there once I, I actually saw how the model worked. To give an example, many of the refugees talked about, the, the, the people who were in prison, they talked about the way they had to move around the whole perimeter of the camp to get to the medical centre. Now, in the 3D model, you can see how that fence, um, but wherever they were within a compound in, in the detention centre, they had to walk, leave that compound, walk around the entire sort of external, sort of not external, but it's a kind of fenced in area, the perimeter to get to the medical centre. And that would often take them some time. So there were compounds within the camp and they're all separated from each other. And I also, it was only from looking at the, the, the reconstruction and also the details of the site of the, the detention centre was that I realised how incredibly cramped it was and what a small space it was. So, um, yeah, it's it really fascinating. Look, thank you so much for being on the program. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll maybe put up a link if we can find it uh, on our website where people can go and find out more about the project. But appreciate you sharing all that information with us. Sure. And I'm happy to send a link if you want to get in touch with me later. Will do. Excellent. Thank you so okay. much for that. Thanks, Mitchell. Bye. Dr. Claire Lockman with us there from the University of Melbourne. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.